Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. So I was, I was sad for, I was just so sad and heartbroken for 10 years that, you know, that I just didn't, I couldn't do anything with my talent, couldn't do anything with it. That's not an excuse. So his response is, you should have forgiven. If you want to be perfect as he is perfect, then learn how to forgive. That's what that verse is talking about. It's talking about forgiveness. You want to be perfect like him? Learn how to forgive those who persecute you, those who hate you, those who slander your name for no good reason. How many have ever had your name slandered? Did you enjoy it? Me either. It made me mad, it made me angry. It's like, but, but God has given me the ability as a believer to forgive and to bless those people. Where now it's like when I hear people slandering me, I just kind of laugh about it. Because I'm like, I'm like, okay. I say, that's, that's okay. It's like, because you don't know me and you don't know who my father is and you don't know what he's doing in my life. So I don't need to listen to your slander. It's like, because I, I know what he said about me. It doesn't matter what you say about me. I know what he has said about me. Today, I am talking about developing a culture of honor. Developing a culture of honor. Oh, you can take my name off. I think everybody knows. But I was, didn't mean to put that in there. All right. Uh, so I want to talk to you about what is culture. All right. I just went and found, I just Googled culture. If you want to know something now, you should just Google it. It doesn't mean you get the right answer. So I don't even know if this is the right answer, but it sounded good to me. So I don't think it'll work. It'll work. So it says culture now, and it's uh, the customs arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social group. So it's our custom, and it's our arts. It gets, it gets into everything that we're doing. So as Destiny City Church, honor has to be infiltrated into everything that we're doing, whether it's arts, whether it's any type of thing we're doing in the community, whether it's our achievements. They all need to have honor at the core of it. Um, several years ago, you know, my, my dad, he had gone away and, and he came back with this really amazing vision. And, uh, and I was talking to him. I was like, I was like, dad, this is an awesome vision. It's like, but if anybody asks us what the vision of our church is, it's like, I, I don't, I can't read a 16 page document to him, man. <laughs> and stuff. And so he's like, he's like, okay, well here, I'm going to task you with just condensing it. Okay. So I didn't write, uh, this vision statement. I didn't just sit down and just like, well, you know, this is too long and just start over. It, I just took what he said and then we, and then I worked with him on it. Okay. Cause if, cause if I did it on my own, then we would be having double vision here. Okay. And that's bad. But this was uh, tasked and assigned to me uh, to do what a, to, to create a vision statement. All right. And uh, we already had the mission statement, which was helping others find and fulfill their God given destiny. But then we wanted to create a vision statement. And so our vision statement here um, at Destiny City Church is to equip the people of God for acts of service in order to see the kingdom of heaven established here on earth by means of serving like Jesus, biblical training, passionate worship, life groups, community outreach, church planning, and world missions. We desire to build strong families and covenant relationships that touch our world through creative endeavors affecting the seven mountains of our culture identified as government, 
religion, education, family, media, arts, and business. What do you think? So the cool part about this is as, as I'm reading through this, it's like we're doing it. It's a vision statement that, you know, we want to see this done. But as we say we want to see it done, we're already seeing it accomplished. I mean, right now my dad is down in Tapachula, Mexico, Tapachula, down in Tapachula, Mexico, establishing churches, help planning churches down there. Um, we've got, we've, we've helped establish, uh, you know, um, ministries over in India. Um, we're, we're, we're helping establish uh, churches in, a lot, uh, down in Mexico. There's Elaine Wilburn. Um, we just have, we have lots of irons in the fire when it comes to missions. And then, and then there's opportunities for us to go ourselves. And then um, I look at like the biblical training, man. I'm so excited to see the impact school of ministry start to take just to, just to get some legs, okay? And I want to uh, give you a quick uh, advertisement. This may be an advertisement or it may be a deterrent. It depends on how you look at it. But I got, my, I got two master's degrees from... Uh, it was it's CLST, that's the program that we're using through Impact School of Ministry. Okay, so I got two master's degrees through that. I'm going to work on getting my doctorate through it. Um, but, um, man, it helped me so much in learning the Word of God. It really did. It helped me to learn the Word of God. It forced me to open up <laughs> the Word of God, but also to hear from other people to hear the, the revelation that God had given them, people like Fuchsia Pickett, uh, people like Ron Cottle, and, um, you know, uh, man, there was one there in one class that really just changed my life altogether, um, and I can't remember the name of the guy who did it, but the name of the class was Christ is Better, Don't Look Back, and it was on the book of Hebrews, and it was talking about how Christ is the fulfillment of the law, so we don't have to live in the law. It's, the law's not for us. It's like it, we, Christ is better. It's like the law was just a shadow of things to come, but Christ is better, so don't look back. Man, that changed my life. It changed me from the inside out. So I just want to encourage you uh, to get involved with Impact School of Ministry. To, and, and, and Pastor John right here, he's, uh, he's available to uh, sign you up for that. But it's, it's, it's an awesome thing. So that's my quick little plug for that. Um, but that goes along with our vision statement, that we would have... Uh, biblical training. The other thing is passionate worship. That we would have not just worship, but passionate worship. Passionate worship. Why is passionate worship so important as a church? Because just, just praise and worship itself is demonstrative. It's like, you got to show something. It tells us in the Psalms to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. It tells us to clap our hands. It tells us to sing new songs unto the Lord. Paul tells us to sing with your mind and sing with your spirit. Encourage us to dance before the Lord. It's like, so why do we do the things that we do? Why are, why do we have people down here with, with flags, you know, flowing around? It's like, it's just a part of dance, man. It's just an expression of dance. If you don't want to dance with a flag, then don't get a flag. Just dance on your own. I don't care how you dance. Let's just start dancing, man. I mean, there's plenty of places you can go to dance if you call it that, I, I remember in college, it's like I was in college and they used to have dances and, um, <laughs> and we would never, <laughs> we would just sit back and just kind of watch. And, and of course, like, and everybody's out on the dance floor and they had this, they would set up this little dance floor and, um, and 
people were out there, um, what you call bumping and grinding. You know what I'm talking about. And, uh, and you could basically, like, if you could either watch this or you could go watch National Geographic, and you would get the same thing. It's the same thing. It's just mating dances and, you know, you know all that kind of stuff. It's the same thing. There's no difference. Um, and so we would just kind of sit back and just watch. But one of my friends, uh, <laughs> he, had his, he had a dance of his own. And we, I called it the dolphin. It looked like a dolphin. And he would just kind of go... <laughs> like <that. laughs> With the only, the only purpose was to get out in, in, in the middle of all these people who were bumping and grinding. And he would just... <laughs> like that, just... And within 10 minutes, the floor is cleared. And he's, and he's doing his own thing. And, uh, but the freedom in that, man. Not, I'm not telling you to come here on Sunday morning. <laughs> but if the Lord moves you to do the dolphin, I don't care. You can do the dolphin. Huh? The bumping and grinding thing, I don't think it's going to work here. But I know God's called us to, to, to dance. I know he's called us to sing. Why has he called us to sing? It's like because it, it, it's, it's telling the whole world of the goodness of God. Man, I want to sing of, of his goodness. I want to sing of his goodness. And when people come in, these new people that are going to be coming in, they should see a people of God that, that really have no fear when it comes to worship. They aren't worried about their neighbor when it comes to worship. But they're, but they're just focused on Christ. They're just focused on him and the goodness of God. When you get a revelation of the goodness of God, it's like it doesn't matter who's around you. You'll just, you'll just praise and worship with your hands up. And, and it's like an, if, you got, if you're scared, man, just close your eyes. But I just want to encourage you because when we do that, it honors him. It honors him. I like to think of it like if you go to like a game, like a basketball game or a football game. It's like if everybody in the crowd, if everybody in the stands are cheering, it's like you're going to, it looks weird if you're just sitting there with your arms crossed, just staring. Because like you're not really engaged in what's happening around you, Right? Now, I'm not telling you to do something that, like, you know, if it's just something, I, I'm not telling you have to do something that's outside of your personality or whatever like that. But, I mean, it's like anybody can sing. You may not sing in tune, but you can sing. Anybody here can, can sing a song unto the Lord. It may not be the most beautiful sound to maybe you or to your neighbor, it's like, but if you're in the, in the congregation, we're not micing you, so it doesn't matter. And it's like, and, and, when, and anybody can clap their hands. And really, anybody can dance, even if it's just like a little, you know, a little bit of movement. Movement is good. So our vision statement Talks about passionate worship. Talks about life groups. We call them life groups because in life groups, you can find some life. 
All right, so if you're coming here just on Sunday, just on Sunday mornings, but you're just like, man, I just kind of don't feel connected. Well, that's the whole point of life groups is that you could get connected in a life group and then get connected and find people on a small level who you can trust. A big part of life groups is trust. So please don't break trust if you're in a life group. Don't break somebody's trust. But these life groups are designed for us to grow as the people of God. It's also evangelistic because you can invite your friends to that small group where you might, you might have one of the friends where they're like, well, if I step inside of a church building, I might, I might get struck by lightning or something. People have weird ideas about what church is and everything. But man, they might come to your house and just hang out and hear about the goodness of God. Hear about his mercies. Uh, community outreach. This is one that we've been kind of getting pumped and amped up for for some time. You know, we've been so focused um, for a little while now. It's like we've been kind of focused on just what's going on in here and everything. And it just takes time to do that. But I really sense that the Lord is just stirring hearts and, and we're seeing people get excited about going out. And uh, Pastor Chuck was just telling me about going out and doing visitation things and just inviting people to, to church, man. It's just simple. I've been, um, there's, you know, those little invite cards. It's like, I'll just take them and I'll just like leave them behind, you know, because I like it just says you're invited. And it's like, I'm just, I just picture somebody just picking this thing up. Like, you're invited. Like, it's because it, it's kind of mysterious. So, so I just like just leaving them in random places for people to, people to find. And uh, I just encourage you guys to start doing some of the same things. That you just, you just invite people. Maybe, maybe it's just a simple just matter, just actually talking to somebody and <laughs> inviting them to church. But I believe that, that God desires his house to be full. He really does. The other thing is church planting. And I'm, I was really excited to see uh, Tuck and Beth. Um, the Lord just kind of put it on their heart to go down to Meridian, Mississippi. And the Lord put it on their heart several years ago. But you know, we kind of told them at the time, we're like, eh, you should probably wait because we don't know if you're ready yet. And then they approached us again. You know, we're like, yeah, I think, I think you're there. It's like, you know, if this is what you really feel the Lord's wanting you to do. And then we were able to just lay hands on them and send them. You know, it's like, and, I, and that, to me, though, it just really spoke very highly of them that they were willing to be patient and wait. Because uh, so many, they're just like, well, this is what God told me, so I got to go. And it's like, and they go out, and, and sometimes you go out without being sent. It can be more detrimental to you than if you just waited you know, Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, he was, he was being trained for several years before he was sent out to the nations. So it's like even, even Paul got training. And so I just encourage you to get, get training, but be willing. You know, the Lord, maybe the Lord is sending you somewhere. And that's good. We want to send. I think it's cool that we have a, a partnership and stuff that we're able to. We've sent uh, the Flemings, and now we've sent Tuck and Beth down to Meridian, Mississippi. And... Uh, I think that's pretty cool because it's, it's, it's lining up with what we're doing. We're talking about church planning, and, and they are. <laughs> what's going on over there? All right. Now we talked about world missions. But you see, we desire to build strong families and covenant relationships here. So we want to see your family strong. That's another thing. You know, your home is a ministry, and you are the pastor of your home. You're the pastor. You're the one who 
who pastors your home. Men, you're the one who pastors your home. Women, if you don't have a husband, you're the one who pastors your home. You've been given that authority to, to, lay, to, lay, to say this is how it's going to be. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You got you to stand your ground. And you got a lot coming against you, but that's why we're here to help support you and to help to pray with you and be with you. And to, that's what these life groups are for, too. Just, they all work together. So um, we want covenant relationships that touch our world through creative endeavors, affecting the seven mountains of our culture, identified as government, religion, education, family, media, arts, and business. So, it doesn't, so that means like that's pretty much every area in our culture today. We want you to somehow touch every area. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to do all seven of those things. But maybe there's one of those things that you relate to. I think it's exciting that we have a media team here at Destiny City. And they're here, man, they're dedicated. They're here like every week. They're setting up little cameras. And when we set up, we, from the very beginning, we set up this whole thing. It was, and it was just primarily for shut-ins and people who couldn't make it to church. So if I believe God wants to take a little further than that, but right now, I'm just excited that we're able to minister to, to people who can't make it to church. And how many of you have ever looked and uh, watched our Facebook live feed if you've been away? So it's, it's a ministry. But in the process of them doing that, man, all these guys, are, guys and girls are learning about, you know, how to run a camera, how to do a video switcher. It, I mean, it's just all uh, how to run sound and all these kind of things. It's like, that's what we've been trying to do is just develop people. And with our praise team, we just want people to use their gifts and music that can affect the arts. It's like they can take it further than this. You know, it could just be this, this could be the start of something really big. So whatever it is that God's calling you to, is like we want to help you do that. We want to partner with you to equip you to do what God's calling you to do. All right. How are we going to do that? I believe it's, it's through developing a, a culture of honor. So what's honor? Honor is simply high respect and great esteem. Okay, it's, it adheres to what is right or to a conventional standard of conduct. So it's knowing what is right and adhering to it. It's, just, it's simple obedience. It's, it's knowing the word of God. If you know the word of God and then it's obeying the word of God, that's honoring God. And so in everything that we're trying to do, we just want to honor him. Uh, another thing, something regarded as a rare opportunity and bringing pride and, and yeah, bringing pride and pleasure, a privilege. Do you look at what you're doing as a privilege or, or as an obligation? So when you've been tasked with something, is it just an obligation or is it a privilege to do it? I have to, I'll be honest, like there are times where I come in, it's like I have to check myself I got to say, okay, am I doing this? Is it a privilege for me to do this or just an obligation? It's just, is this just another Sunday or am I going to passionately worship the Lord today? And I believe the same holds true. If it holds true for me, it holds true for you too. Is this an obligation or is this a privilege? Are you obligated to come here? Do you feel, ah, oh, well, I'm here. I'm here. I made it. 
great. Great, I'm glad you made it. It's like, but if our attitude is just like, well, I just made it. It's like, then you're not going to, we're not going to accomplish much with that type of mentality. There has to be like, man, I'm so glad to be here. I'm so honored to be here. It's such a privilege to be here. It's such an honor to be with the family of God. It's such an honor to see people coming and and fulfilling fulfilling their God-given destiny. It's such an honor for that. If you look at it like that, it changes your whole perspective. It'll get you out of bed on Sunday mornings when it's rainy outside. You get out of bed with a little bit more pep in your step. If you have this mentality of like, it's, I'm passionately going to pursue what God's put in front of me to do today. And if we look at every Sunday like that, man, just think of the impact we could make. Notice I said we can make. We could make an impact in Salisbury, North Carolina, but beyond that into the world. We could do that. I point out that, you know, our Facebook Live, it goes there. Our, our friends in India are watching us on, on Sundays. So I just want to encourage you, man. Let them see a passionate people. Come in with passion. Don't come in, man, just dragging yourself in. If you come in dragging yourself in, shake that off and come in and let's just worship. I tasked uh, Janice White, Miss Janice White, just to get up here and stir up the gifts. Just stir us up. Get us, get, get us going in the mornings. Because, man, sometimes you need a cheerleader. Sometimes you need a coach. Somebody's going to tell you, man, get out there and you do your very best. I mean, can you imagine like a team at the Super Bowl? And the coach, he's like, all right, everybody gather around. All right, uh, it's just another game. Glad we're here. Glad we made it. Uh, Tom, glad you made it today. Um, I know you're normally late, uh, so it's good that you're here. Um, so, uh, yeah, man, if you can come maybe get some coffee, wake up a little bit. Um, let's get out there. Let's just get this done. Um, I've got, I got lunch uh, later on. So uh, let's just get this thing done. Um, all right, Super Bowl. Everyone count three or one, two, three, Super Bowl. Okay, let's go. And then they just get out there and they're just like, They're just going through the motions. Man, who's going to watch that? Nobody wants to watch that. Nobody wants to see like an unpassionate football team out there at the Super Bowl. Nobody wants to see an unpassionate basketball team. Nobody wants to see an unpassionate band. People pay good money to go see somebody get up there and sing for two hours or more. I mean, really good money. I'm going to tell you, there's going to be some really angry people if a lead singer comes out. He's like, hey, what's up? Everybody raise your hands. Let's go. All right. All right. Yeah. The drums. All right. Let's do this. In the name of love. One more in the name of love. Man, there's just no passion behind it. Nobody wants to see that. We want, to see, we want to see people excited. There should be an excitement in the house of God. I know I feel like, I feel like I'm a broken record sometimes every time I get here talking about this thing. But I'm going to keep saying it until we start believing it, until we start doing it. I'm going to keep encouraging you, encouraging you to come in every week with everything you've got and do everything as unto the Lord. 
Because that is true honor to him. When you do it with a passion behind you, a wind in your cell, fire in your bones, when you have that, it honors God. But everything else does not honor God when you just come in on a week-to-week basis and we just, we just, like, we just go through the motions. You can apply the same attitude towards your marriage, and I promise you that your marriage will not be doing well if you apply that principle, if you, cut, if you just treat your marriage like it's just something that you really don't care about. But if you treat your wife, husbands, like she's the most important thing in the world, and wives, if you treat your husband like he's the most important thing in the world, right below where God is, then I can promise you this, that your marriage will be lasting and, it will, and, and you will be an example. People will look at your marriage and say, I want that. I want that. But I can guarantee you, man, that if you're not passionate about your marriage, then people are like, I don't want that. And I think that's why you see so many people nowadays who have said, I don't want that. I don't want marriage. And you want to know why people are just living together outside of being married? It's because they said, I don't want that. If that's what marriage is, then count me out. If it's just, for a lot of people, it's just a, a signed contract that says, okay, we'll bring our money together and we'll have some kids. And, you know, when the kids are out of the house, I guess we'll part ways and you get this much and I'll get that much. And that's pretty much what marriage has become nowadays. But God is not, that's not how God established it. He established a covenant relationship that says that you will love each other, that the two will become one flesh. And it takes passion for that to happen. And it takes passion for that to continue. Um, as a verb, is, um, honor is to regard with great respect. Do you have great respect for God? When, when the Lord is speaking to you, do you actually listen to it or do you just say, not now? or I'll get to it later, or do, you, do your ears perk up when the Lord is speaking, or are they dull because you've hardened your heart? See, if we had great respect, then we would listen when the voice of the Lord is speaking. And then not only will we listen, but we'll do what it's saying. Honor is to fulfill an obligation or keep an agreement. It's simply just showing up when you said that you'd show up. That's honor. If you said you'd do something, you're good to your word to do it. And I'm tired of a culture that is opposite of that. I'm tired of, of, of a culture that says, I'll be there, I'll be there, I'll be there, day of, not here. Sorry, I can't make it. Show up. We got to show up. Again, if a football team is at the Super Bowl and the quarterback calls in, man, there's no calling out, man. You better have a broken leg. That leg better have been ripped off in the last game for you not to be there. What does a culture of honor look like? I believe in Romans 12, 9 through 21, I believe that this is what it looks like. This is what 
I, I feel the Lord has showed me for Destiny City Church that this is what it should look like for us here, what a, an, a, a culture of honor looks like. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It says, let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another and never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Despise evil and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. Take a constant interest in the needs of God's beloved people and respond by helping them and eagerly welcome people as guests into your home. Speak blessing, not cursing, over those who reject and persecute you. Celebrate with those who celebrate and weep with those who grieve. Live happily together in a spirit of harmony and be as mindful of, of another's worth as you are of your own. Don't live with a lofty mindset, thinking you are too important to serve others, but be willing to do menial tasks and identify with those who are humble-minded. Don't be smug or even think for a moment that you know it all. Never hold a grudge or try to get even but plan your life around the noblest way of, to benefit others. Do your best to live as everybody's friend. Beloved, don't be obsessed with taking revenge, but leave that to God's righteous justice. For the scriptures say, if you don't take justice in your own hands, I will release justice for you, says the Lord. And if your enemy is hungry, buy him lunch. Win him over with kindness. For your surprising generosity will awaken his conscience and God will reward you with favor. Never let evil defeat you, but defeat evil with good. That is a culture of honor. So mark it in your Bibles, because that's what God's calling Destiny City Church to be, a culture of honor, where we honor each other, where we try to, it's almost like a competition. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to out-honor you, man. It's like, I'm just so grateful for the people that we have here who are serving. I mean, I'm so, it's such an honor and privilege to be with Chuck and Janice White, to John Reeves and his wife, and it's like and with uh, uh, Ashton and Jordan Lee Frank. So, I mean, these are, these are just some, they have, this is just a few of the people here who just have such a loving uh, demeanor to them and they'll just do anything to serve the Lord. They just want to serve the Lord. I mean, they, I, could, I could name everybody in here, really. I'm not going to right now because <laughs> it's just not enough time. But I just want to say this, that like I, I, it's an honor and it's a privilege to serve alongside every one of you. And so it's like the thing is that we have to start taking responsibility for, for this place and for this community. And we have to see that God, if you, if you know God's called you here, then by all means, jump in head first and let's serve and do it passionately. And do it faithfully. And sometimes you, you might be asked to do something that maybe you don't want to do. How many of you have ever been asked to do something you don't want to do? I've been there. 
It may not be my favorite thing to do, but if I do it as unto the Lord, sometimes it becomes my favorite thing to do. I discover there's something I actually like that I didn't know about. Sometimes it's just a matter of just doing the menial task that it's talking about. I remember hearing uh, a pastor, one of my pastors in Nashville, and he was talking about how he just knows, like, there was like a closet that was just full of junk. And so he, one day he's got in there, and, and he just starts cleaning it out. And somebody came along, and he's like, Pastor, why are you doing this? He's like, because nobody else will. He said, because I've been doing this, because I've asked for it to be done for, for months, and, it didn't get, and it's not happening, so I just got to do it. And sometimes I've learned that. It's like, it's okay. It's like, it's like, that goes for all of us. It's like, maybe there's something you see that needs to be done. And if you ever ask the question, why isn't that getting done? Then ask yourself this question, why am I not doing it? That's, it's just that simple. Why didn't, why do they do it this way? Why do they do that way? Maybe it's the only way we can do it right now because it's all the help that we have. Maybe this is the best that we can do with what we've got. And by definition, that's excellence. If I'm doing the very best that I can with what I've got, then that's the spirit of excellence. But if I'm constantly comparing it to everybody else around me and to other churches and everything, it's like, man, I know that we're not this or that. It's like, I know that we have things we can work on and we're trying to get better at it. It's like, but until everybody as a one body begins to step up, take responsibility, it's hard for us to get to that next level. So we get stuck on this step and we're trying to get higher and higher and higher. So as a church, let's not get stuck on the steps. Let's keep climbing because God wants to take us higher. If you're new here, this is a wonderful place to be. And it's a wonderful place to get involved. If you've been here for a while and you're not getting involved, guess what? It's time to get involved. It's time to step up. Because that's the only way we're going to have a, 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 a culture of honor is when we take responsibility for ourselves and we say, I'm going to do it. Every, everything I have, I'm going to do it. everything as unto the Lord. I'm going to do it with all my might. I'm going to do it passionately. What do you think? Okay, good. Yeah. So our main focal points of honor, one, first of all, above everything else, honor God. We have to learn to honor God. I've talked about that pretty much this whole time. Here's a few ways we can honor God. Deuteronomy 6, 13 says, honor or fear the Lord your God, worship, serve him only, and make your promises in his name alone. Okay. Honor God with your wealth. Man, the, the sooner you learn this lesson, man, the richer you're going to be. The more wealthy you will be if you learn to honor God first with your wealth. I, I can tell you this because I've tried it and I've seen God come through. Proverbs 3.9 says, glorify God with all your wealth, honoring him with your very best and with every increase that comes to you. Matthew 6.21 says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What's God, what's he asked of you, wealth-wise? 
It's a percentage. You can throw it out. 10%. Man, most of us tip more than we tithe. You know what I'm saying? It's like God's only asking for 10%. Let's break it down. If I had a dollar, I would, okay, 10 cents, one dime. That's yours, God. Right there. If I have $10, $1, right? $100, $10. And he lets you keep the 90%. There are politicians right now who want to take 90% and leave you 10. Man, we serve a good God. And it's just, a, he's only asking it. This is, he wants to see, are you going to be obedient? Are you going to honor him? Because it's just a question of honor. It's just a question of your heart. It's a question of trust. Do you trust him enough to say, I can live off 90% and give him 10? I'm going to tell you, you can't afford not to tithe. You should tithe. When me and Jess stepped out in ministry, uh, and we just kind of, we actually, we, we stepped out for a season where it, we weren't really getting a paycheck. At the end of the year, we had combined less than $10,000. But for every dollar that we got, we made sure to give 10% of it. And we, we didn't go without. We actually had, we had, we had, we don't, the math didn't make sense at the end of the year. Somehow, like all our bills had been paid for. We'd actually started, we were in a little bit more debt and, and, and we started to actually pay down our debt. Because of the goodness of God. Because we just trust him at his word. A combined income of $10,000, less than $10,000, less than $10,000 in a whole year. And yet God provided for us all of our needs according to his riches and glory. And I just kept quoting that. Lord, I know that you are faithful. I know, Lord, that you shall provide all my needs according to your riches and glory. His riches and glory are greater than my riches on earth. But I have access to his riches and glory. And so as I learned to just give, it was just, what it was, it was training. It was discipline myself. It was just a discipline to honor God and to trust him at his word. It was a heart issue. It wasn't a money issue. It's just a heart issue. The next thing, honor God with your body. 1 Corinthians 6.18, don't be immoral in matters of sex. That is a sin against your own body in a way that, that no other sin is. You surely know that your body is a temple where the Holy Spirit lives. The Spirit is in you and is a gift from God. You are no longer your own. God paid a great price for you, so use your body to honor God. Romans 12.1, beloved friends, what should our response to God's Marvelous mercies. What, what, should be our, our perp, the, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Next thing, honor your parents. Children, obey. Honor your parents in the Lord. For this is right, honoring your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. I'm going to tell you, there's no age cap on that. 
just because you move out of the house doesn't mean you don't, you no longer honor your parents. And so, honor them. <laughs> so, a seed of honor to your parents. I know some, some of you maybe have bad relationships with your parents. I get that. It doesn't mean that you, you don't get off the hook. You need to honor them all the same. And the way that you talk to them and the way that you treat them, you don't treat them as they deserve because God doesn't treat you the way that you deserve. You've got a good father who loves you. You've got, a, you've got the expression of the father God in you. So you get to be the expression of the father to your parents. I'll leave it there. I think it says enough. Uh, next thing, honor your spouse. Ephesians 5, 21 through 30. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Say, submit to one another. Okay, out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your, to your uh, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. But it doesn't stop there. Everybody wants to quote that and leave it there. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So one is like submit to your husbands. The next one is like husbands, love your wives. Be willing to lay down your life for your wife. Lay down your life for your wife. Lay down your wants, your needs, your desires, all those things. Lay them down to love your wife. What's more important? You getting your way or you loving and honoring your wife? I've learned the hard way <laughs> that it's greater for me just to honor my wife and love her and not try to just get what I want all the time, but to honor and love her and cherish her and put her before myself. And if I do that, listen, I'm not stupid. I know there's a reward for doing so. I'm not stupid. My mama didn't raise no fool. Husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for make, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with word, washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. Man, that speaks, I think that speaks even more than laying down your life. Husbands, if you love your wives as you love your own bodies, man, like then she'll be treated really well. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their, uh, as their own bodies. Who loves his, um, he who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. All right, here we go. Honor each other. I'm wrapping up. Honor each other. Philippians 2, 3 through 5. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, Value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Honor covers, there's just a few things about honor. 
Honor covers, it covers each other while still holding each other accountable. Okay? So honor, is, it's not about exposing everybody around us. But it's about covering them, like in the sense of, I see something going on in their life. I'm going to go and I'm going to, hey, what's going on? How can, let, let's, let's, let's work through this. Not going and telling everybody, did you see what they just did? You know, did you hear what they just did? That's not love. That's um, where it's like the Lord just kind of just told me, he's like, I just need you to cover him. Cover him. And the Lord just kind of brought to my attention, like when someone's in a battle and then someone's about to go and fight, it's like you're, you're, you're covering them. You're, you're doing warfare on their behalf, right? It's like you're covering them. Go, go, I got you covered. I got you covered. And that's what we have here in the body of Christ, what we should. Genesis 9, 18 through 21, just talks about Noah's sons. And his, one of his sons came in. And, and to be honest, like Noah had, had gotten drunk and naked. And he fell asleep because of it. And one of his sons come in and he, and he sees, he's like, oh, man. And he couldn't wait to go tell everybody. And he did. Man, dad's in there totally naked, passed out from drinking too much. He thought it was funny. The other two brothers, they, they come along. They're like, and they walk in backwards with the robe and just cover them. Now, what does it say? It's like they honored him. Even in, even in his darkest time, even in his dumbest mistake, they covered him. They, didn't, they weren't trying to expose him and trying to make a mockery of him, but they covered him. And so you're going to have moments like that in your life where somebody who maybe is, you know, over you in the Lord, someone who maybe you're working with in the Lord or, or walking alongside, and the Lord told you to, you know, walk with this person, and maybe they do something really stupid, and now you have the opportunity to either pray with them, work with them, you know, help them, or just try to expose them and, and make a mockery of them. And there's plenty of that going around nowadays. But God does, God's, that's not the way. So the other thing, um, Galatians 6.1, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore them gently, but watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Last thing, honor Honor and wealth go hand in hand, and they follow where wisdom leads. In Proverbs 8, 1 through 3, wisdom does not wisdom call out. I'm sorry, uh, Proverbs 8, 18. With me, wisdom are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. So wisdom is calling out, and riches and honor go hand in hand, and they follow wherever wisdom is telling them to lead. All right. So pursue wisdom and live a life of honor. That's it. I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Chuck, and he's going to wrap us up. So thank you, guys. All right. You've been listening to Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. For more information, visit us online at destinycity.org.